what's up fam hey just checking in don't worry about it my voice is sitting a little low i just woke up um so that was part one of the interview with Lucia lucas and this is part two um just want to apologize for two things really quickly the abrupt ending of the last one i just figured i did need to do an outro for some reason <laughs> so sorry about that no you're not crazy yes the episode is over thank you for listening and secondly um there was a uh, technical issue with this with the second half of the interview which i have tried to run down myself and tried to fix and just to i'm blue in the face i now have a new setup this is my last time with this old setup um so just bear with it there's a little bit of delay on my voice in this um it's sort of like one of those things though like 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 netting at a baseball game you sit down and you're like oh there's netting here but within five seconds your brain it just adjusts to it and figures it out so like just give it five minutes um and your brain will be like oh okay nick's weird and his equipment is crappy but now it's better you know i don't know if it'll do all that <laughs> um but it you'll certainly get used to it after about five minutes i'm actually headed out now we had a uh, uh, general proba last night opening of hoffman tomorrow i'm headed out now to go do an interview in Frankfurt with our next guest, which you will see uh, either next week or the week after next. I'm still not quite sure how the episodes will drop. Um, anyways, thanks for checking us out. Please give us a like, uh, Instagram, Facebook, all of that stuff. I know it's icky, but like it really helps. And remember to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Enjoy part two of this incredible Lucia Lucas interview. And in this part, we get into some really nitty gritty details about singing and, and her life. So it's a really awesome thing. Anyways, enjoy part two. Like that's, I fit, but like, but yet I, I uprooted my whole family to come over here. So you have to, there's a lot of people who don't make, who don't think that it's a reasonable decision, but I think it's a more reasonable decision to try your hand here because there's a possible outcome of you having insurance and being a normal human being person that can live. Yeah. Do you, do you know what I mean? I don't know if that sounds like word salad or not, but... No, 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 no. I mean, it, maybe. No. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. So <laughs> I could have gotten a day job. For sure. And selling pianos. Selling pianos. For sure. And and done stuff on the side, mm-hmm. and who knows? Maybe I would have gotten a big break. Maybe mm-hmm. I, maybe maybe a year or two later, I would have gotten picked up by by Adler or or Ryan Opperzener or, or Linda Mann or a big agency, or big agency. Love you, whatever. Yeah, of course. Maybe I lucked out and I sang mm-hmm. a Verdi Requiem somewhere, and people were like, "Oh my gosh, you're great!" Blah blah mm-hmm. blah. But like, probably not. Probably right. not. <laughs> the odds of that happening versus the odds of you coming over and getting a fest at a small house here to start, yeah. like those those are real odds. Actually, like yeah. you do have a chance if you are a trained American singer and you have talent. A lot of listen, there's a lot of variables, whatever. But if you're a trained American singer that like went to grad school and uh, undergrad and grad school and like you can like sing in tune and pretty and you work hard. Like, there is a fest that is not that they're growing on trees. I don't want to paint a false picture, but like, you, like, I don't know. Like, like, Magdeburg does need a good singer. They do. Like, and there's a lot of work here. Look, there's, there's more than, there's more than 80, uh, 80 theaters that have. Full full opera departments, full seasons, full seasons, full, full, full wig and makeup departments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're they're paying many makeup artists 
a full-time salary yeah. to just do that. That's wild. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like people who do props. There's a full-time fire guy. There's a full-time fire He just fire does guy. fire. He only deals with fire on stage. There's there's full-time everything. Yeah, it's incredible. There, There's like, what, three to 400 people employed at Carlsruhe or something yeah. like that? Yeah. I mean, full-time. Yeah. Full-time, 13-month salary uh, yeah. with with five to six weeks off in yeah. in the summer. Yeah. 13 month salary is you get a bonus in yeah. summer and holiday Christmas yep. time. And crazy benefits. Yeah. Health insurance, all of it. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and so. It's a job. Yeah. yeah. And so that to me is like the, what is so special about it living and working here and that you just have to sort of do it. Right. But here's the thing is that I've lived more comfortably before I went to grad school than I do now. Right. Right. I live in a studio apartment with my wife. Right. Like 20, 24 square meters is, is the size, and I think two wow. meters of that is the balcony. Wow. You haven't seen but my place balcony, yet, right? Though. I haven't seen it. No, I've never seen it. <laughs> you got to see it. Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait. You live, uh, what, 100 feet, 100 meters from me, maybe 200 meters? Yeah, I was worried yeah. that I was going to be late uh, today. <laughs> what did you leave at 1259? <laughs> 57. Oh, great. Great. <laughs> And you're like, oh, I guess I got to walk a little faster. I was on time. <laughs> you were. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Now, this is after 11 years of school mm-hmm. and tons of student debt. Yeah, sure. I am sharing a studio apartment with my wife. Right. Why? Because I don't make enough money to have anything bigger than that. Right. Why? Because I am still devoting all of my money back to this career. Yeah. You're folding it back into the business. Yeah. Because if somebody calls me in New York and says, hey, we want to hear you. I'm doing that audition. Mm -hmm. That audition is going to cost me two months of rent. Yeah. Yeah. But I have gotten the smallest place that I possibly can have. Yeah. So that I can afford these other things. You've given you. You've taken sort of a, quote unquote, traditionally speaking, cut on luxury of life in a certain sense or lifestyle. Exactly. And for for the career. Yeah. Exactly. A sacrifice. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because it's it's feast or famine, and when it's famine, you don't want to have, you know, a two thousand euro a month apartment. Yeah. I know. So. Uh, just a month ago, uh, Ariana is my my wife. She's she was in Wuppertal mm-hmm. doing a gig, and I'm in the U.S. and our our apartment is empty. Yeah. yeah. But it doesn't matter because we're paying four hundred a month. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. For rent, it can just stay. It, you don't have to worry. It can stay. Right. It can. We can guess all year long and it doesn't matter because we're really not expending that much on that apartment right um and that was a conscious choice that we've done so that we can afford to do this career sure Sure. because if you can do this career for 10 years as your only source of income then you you're probably fine yeah Yeah. you're probably probably okay you're probably okay Yeah. yeah and so that you know this ends season 10 of being in germany Wow. wow. 
That's incredible. Which is which is so interesting that in season ten, in Germany, uh, one of the big one of the big things you did this season was make it was it Amer- your American debut? Well, I did I did two big th- things this season, but yeah, one sure. Was, I mean, I mean, obviously the Voton is huge, of course. Um, but it's I, but saying you know it's the ten year thing in Germany, you're probably mm-hmm. going to be okay. It's true, it's true because, because now now, now it is time, time right? Now, now it is time to like go make your American debut in Tulsa's Giovanni and, and to do the Voltons and like things are now starting to. Uh, you look good at your craft. You're like that's the thing that happens, and in a fest, especially in in, in Germany, when you're doing it all the time. I mean, I know professional American singers full-blown stars who do less than 30 performances a year and they're stars oh if you do 20 that's a full yeah. season there, and that's, that's right. what i'm saying like whereas here like i did i did 20 enrico's and anna belena like you just just do it all the time and you do it on crappy days and good days and excellent days and everything in between if you're always singing you do, that's what happens you just get good at it when you do when you do two shows like so the the Tulsa gig I was there for a total of a month yeah when you do you know three and a half weeks of of rehearsal and then two shows it yeah. all sort of feels like a weird fever dream that you had sure when you're working every single day when you're yeah. when you're singing a rehearsal in the morning and then you sing a show of a different opera in the evening yep like all those are hard days. Once it, yeah, but but once it starts feeling like a job and not like oh I'm just I'm just so happy to be yeah. doing this like yeah. yeah fine it's great singing for a living that's that's really cool getting it's paid awesome. to sing it's awesome right. but once you like once you know what you need for the job once you right. know how to handle the job once you demystify all this magicalness yep then you start getting good yeah. That's such a good point. Like the demystification of our business. Like that's, I actually thought I would hate coming to Germany because it is so regular. I thought like that's the thing I love about opera because opera in my head is like this special thing where we just scream at people on stage for four hours. Like it is, but like, and I thought, oh, Germany, like everyone tells you, oh, you people who've never been here tell you, I might say. They say, oh, it's just like punching a clock. Like it's you, you just walk in and walk out. And I thought I would hate that part of it. I love that part of it. Yeah. Because it is it is special nights in the theater are still as special as they would be at the Met Gala opening night. Absolutely. They really are. But then there are some nights that aren't so amazing. But like opera happened that night. And isn't it? It's like it's like the old adage, like, um, <laughs> what is it? Uh any day, the worst day of fishing is better. The worst day of fishing is better than the best day of work. Like, there, at least opera happened that day. Was it amazing? Was it like a spectacle? Was there more than, you know, were there 500 people in the audience? Maybe. Was it a Tuesday on a Bolena? Sure. But like, opera happened on that Tuesday. And isn't that better than opera not happening? And so for me, that's sort of like, that has been such a cool element of it here. And and so you go to a place like Tulsa. By the way, Tulsa, it's extraordinary that Tulsa exists in America. Like, thank God yeah. for those companies. But, like, you go to it and everything is geared up for this one weekend of performances. And you just, the pressure you have on you and the, like, the weird extra specialness. Yeah. That it can, it would be, the audience could stay and applaud you 
you could beast both Arias, and it still wouldn't live up to the expectation that you've lumped on this thing. Yeah. I just lost myself in all of that, but like, yeah, I just it got, is so. I just no, got it is. Just yeah, no, it is. Weird a, it, it actually was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so, so you do the Giovanni there. By the way, Tobias is amazing. He's amazing. Tulsa is a gr- excellent. Tobias American is the company. reason why I was there. Yeah. Um, and and so you auditioned for him. Tell me about that, because that's yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm super thankful for him because yeah. without him, it wouldn't have happened. Did you audition for Giovanni specifically? No. Interesting. Okay. I auditioned for a project. Um, that he was writing. Okay. And he searched me out and he said, you know, I want to hear you for this uh, LGBT-centric story. Sure, sure. And um, that's that's the reason why I went to go sing for him. But Great. after that audition, he said, you know what, I need a Giovanni and I would love wow. for you to be my Giovanni. And I said, yeah, let's get it. Hell like, yeah. I had already done Leporello and Commendatore and Mazzetto. I was like, Knock it Why not? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it. yeah, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I mean, after I said yes, I cracked the score and I was like, 17 recitatives. Yeah. All right, that's real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool, 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 cool. But, um, I mean, in, in the end of it, you know, uh, he was, I'm pretty sure he was happy with it. And, I mean, uh, the reviews are amazing. I um, mean, I, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy. And um, so, how did you? How did you guys approach, because I really wish I could have seen the production, because you can look at the photos and you can read the reviews and this and that, but how did you approach like the fluidity of gender in this Giovanni? Yeah, so I'm always I'm always super hesitant to okay. explore that. Like, sure. just draw a beard on me. Just like, draw a beard on me. <laughs> just draw a beard on me, let's yeah. do it. Because I don't want people saying like, oh, you know... But she couldn't do it like traditionally. Yeah, right, 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 right. So I was so but, but thankful. When people say that, I have to cut you off there because when people say that, it's so asinine that people are like, "Oh, you know, uh, you know, she, she, she couldn't do it just normal." You know what I mean? Or like somehow, like your quality is lower, and and people are just like giving you the gig, and it's like, no, she. You saying ten years in Germany? You saying Voltan? Like, of course. It is such a weird thing for me to watch people sort of like, why can't people just be like, yeah, that was good? Yeah, isn't that so? I mean, for you, it must just be you're a bigger person than me because it would madden me to no end. Well, you know, it, it, it's been a while, and I've, I've, sure, I've fought this battle a lot, and I've lost yeah. this battle a lot. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. and um, but. Like, don't try and put imposter syndrome on me. Like, right. I spent my entire life getting that shit out. Yeah, yeah Sorry, of course. <laughs> yeah, of course you can curse. Hell yeah. Hell um, yeah. So in... in So they're trying to put... In junior... Okay. Oh, you're blowing my okay. mind apart. In, in, in junior high. <laughs> in junior high, I'm playing, like, third clarinet in an 80-piece orchestra, and I have stage fright. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. I worked... I was bad, too. Like, I was a bad third clarinet player <laughs> in an 80-piece orchestra. I'm sure you weren't horrible. Okay. okay. I, whatever you say. Whatever you say. You can take my word for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I knew I loved music, and I was yeah. sort of meandering through it, trying different instruments. I played 
Barry Sachs in a thunk band once. Of course you did. Uh, yeah. We had to sneak me in because I wasn't 21 yet at the time. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah, I I did way too many years of marching band. Sure. Did two years of drum corps. Did, um, competed in barbershop. Like, did some straight theater stuff. My, my first big gig that I actually started learning what acting was about was... Uh, thank you, Stuart Smith. I know that he's following me now. He taught me how to act. Amazing. I was 16, I think, and we did The Shores of a Mary Kay. And it was an original Irish musical. Okay. And telling stories about the Irish who went to California for the gold rush, not for the sure. railroad, but for sure, the gold sure, rush. Sure, sure, sure. And that's how I got good. And it was uh, Black Box Theater. Sometimes we performed for as little as four people in the audience. Like the people Amazing. right there in front of you, nowhere to hide. And so I got systematically better at parts of my craft, which led me to today. So yeah. like, I'm not going to have imposter syndrome because yeah. I know what I did. I know how hard I've worked and I've been here for 10 years. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay, fine. If you think that whatever, let's have some blind auditions. Right. right. Let's have right, some right, blind right. auditions. Yeah, and you, exactly. And and we'll we'll see what happens. Exactly. Because and to somehow impose, I, I, this is what's blowing my mind. This idea that they're trying to impose imposter syndrome on you, where you felt like an imposter your whole life until now. Like do you, like would you know what I mean? Like you you felt the whole time like, I guess wrong in your own skin. I mean, stop me if I'm I'm wrong in this. But then didn't like. I don't. It, it is so. Look, I feel more free now since sure. I came out. Of course, my voice instantly got better because any sort of emotional things just sort of went away. Yeah. yeah. Boy, we underestimate how much that and affects everything. Look, if you got something weighing on you, yeah. If you if you let it out, your your art's gonna be better. Yeah. You don't have to let it out to everybody. Yeah. Like if it's something that you don't have to talk with your parents about, or you don't have to like totally uproot your life because i understand you know that sometimes that's what it is yeah. it's like you know if you're gay and, and you come out like maybe you lose your church group maybe you lose all these like parts of your life maybe sure. your family doesn't doesn't want to deal with you anymore i i don't even i don't even know i can't imagine because yeah. the whole thing is i left my entire life in the u.s and came here so when i came out you know people say because I haven't, I haven't lost any any family or mm -hmm. friends that I know of um, sure. after coming out. But the reason why is, I mean, yes, they are fantastic and people have been supportive. But they also knew that, like, I was like, there's the door. Yeah. I wasn't, at the point that I came out, mm -hmm. uh, so I came out at 33 years old. Incredible. Uh, yeah. At that point, like... Look, you're with me or you're not with me, and I don't with me care. Or you're against me, yeah. Of I course. don't care, you know. Like, no, I didn't have enough courage to come out when when my mom caught me playing with makeup when I was like eight years old. Yeah. yeah. Or when my dad found my stash of girls' clothes at like twelve or thirteen years yeah. old. Like, and I there were so many points where I didn't have the courage to just say, "No, this is what it is." It was more yeah. of an asking thing. 
Yeah. And of course it wasn't okay. It was all the, all these little corrections. Like, no, that's not okay. So when I actually did it, I was like, Mm-mm, I'm out. I was like, not today. No. Yeah. Like, for sure. You you can leave. Yeah. I'm just fine. Look, I've already been in Germany five years, singing opera. Like, my life yeah. is already like. Very and now all of a sudden you're gonna reinvest in me because I'm going through this. Like, yeah, that's such a weird. Do you do you think that going through through this transition do you think that it was uh and i want i answer this if you if you don't mind strictly as a singer sure do you think it was easier going through this transition in germany than it would have been in america as a singer not as a, a human being as a singer sorry to separate the two but I, i'm that's, curious that's difficult because i couldn't be a singer in the u.s the way i'm a singer here Okay. 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 Sure. sure. Because my singing life would have been different there. Yeah. Uh, if we had a fest system in the U.S., yeah. theoretically, it would have been easier there. And you think, because as an American, I don't know how much paperwork you've tried to do here in Germany. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a giant scavenger hunt with no end. Yeah. 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 And uh, for I can't. For you, I I can't even imagine. I can't, I literally it ah. Uh, I mean, it must have been insane. Uh, you know, I don't I don't talk so much about legal or medical things. Sure, but, sure, sure. But transitioning in Germany as an American was not easy. <laughs> that was that not is easy. So wild. And um, actually, uh, so in the U.S. they have something called informed consent. Okay. And and you basically, if you go to a doctor and there's something uh, that you were educated about, mm-hmm. actually, I don't even know about other stuff, but specifically for this, yeah. If you say, "Look, this has been something that's in, been going on my entire life. I know all the risks of this. I've I've read up on it a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. I want to begin uh, hormone replacement therapy. Sure." sure. Then, if you go to a place that does informed consent, not all places do it, but some mm-hmm. some Planned Parenthoods and some other clinics can do that, um, where they say you understand what's what's happening, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But in and I could have done that before I came out, and so if I would have had a year of of being on that before I publicly came out, mm-hmm. then when people say, oh, well, your, your, your voice is getting worse now that mm-hmm. you've come out or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, like, sure. Like, whatever they want to say, it's like, right now, this is what you're saying, right? And this just happened recently, right? Yeah. It's like, I've already been on a year. This yeah, on yeah, 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 yeah. But what happened... Was I see. was um, one of my doctors here? Uh, actually, the, the the first doctor that I went to, she said, uh, I I came out to her, and this was in the the fall of 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, she said, "Oh, you should go to Berlin. They do those sorts of things there." Wow, like really sassy. And I was like, "All right, I'm not coming back here." And uh, real, and found another doctor, and he said, "Well, I've never I've never had a, a patient like you before." But, you know, I know some friends. I'll talk to them. I said, great. So I basically ended up educating him, which is which is the story of a lot of a a lot of trans people is to educate their their doctors about 
things. Yeah, yeah sure. Um, and but but the the problem that I had was not the first doctor. Like whatever, if people can't deal with me, they can't deal with me. Sure, 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 sure. I mean, it doesn't. What are you gonna do, right? Like it, in yeah. anything, whether it's a doctor yeah. or anything, like if you don't want to deal with me, you don't want to deal with me. Whatever, fine. Sure. If you don't want to give me an audition, don't give me an audition. Don't care. Yeah. Um, I, I you're not gonna you're not gonna lump extra guilt on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In some weird way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. no. So. Uh, I've been 30 for a week and I feel that now. <laughs> I'm like that, that extra guilt bullshit was for my 20s. Like I, I'm, yeah. I have a daughter. Like get out of here. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah, my mm-hmm. my 30s have been have been very have been way more important than my 20s. Sure, 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 sure. In, sure. in, in my life. Hey, sorry. Um, so you were saying? You yeah. So I go to this. I go to this doctor, and this is the the psych- psychologist, and in. The way it used to work is that you had to go there and they had to make sure that there weren't any any underlying problems. Sure. Um, and so basically we got to this point and he was like, well, are you 100% out? And I said, well, you know, I've, I've been talking with my wife about this for a long, long time. And I've been talking with some of my close friends and, and my family. And he said, well, are you, are you out at work? Mm. And I said, well, no, but like that could like that could change my that could change my career, like my life and in- career instantly. Like, yeah, of course. Like, can I? Like, I I know that I need to come out. Wait, eventually. but why do they need? Yeah, that's a. If you were coming out as gay, you don't have to tell them, right? Yeah, no, but he was withholding treatment. I see. Until I okay, come that's out. clear. I see. I see. I see. I see. Okay. See, I would have come out. Probably a year later, mm-hmm. just so that I could like have a year, and people don't say anything about that. Yeah. yeah. And then when they say something about it, I go, "Haha, I've been on it a year." Yeah. Voila. This is this is of course BS. Yeah. yeah. And of course, I want to come out as soon as possible. But I was concerned about that. I was concerned about yeah, of course. not having oh my God, work. Of course. Because unemployment for for trans people is is huge, and if mm-hmm. you belong to more than one minority community besides being trans then that makes it even more difficult that just yeah. compounds it yeah the the inter intersectionality of of things the the more uh the less the less white you are the less cis you are the less yeah. male you are yeah 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 of course the more difficulties you're gonna have yeah. The less able you are, there's yeah, of course there's there's so many different communities, and the more of those communities you belong to, I mean, you literally are getting less and less privilege. You're like taking privilege away from right. yourself, so to speak. Right. And right. I mean, we we don't have to talk about privilege. I don't I don't usually talk no, no, about no, no, this but stuff. No, no, no. But I'm just like, thinking like like I'm thinking yeah, yeah, yeah. just sort of. But yeah. but the thing is is if you are if you're trans, you you have a harder time getting work. Yeah, hunt, uh, unemployment rates like this is just just facts yeah and so i needed to have a job this was important <sighs> so this guy is withholding treatment until you come out to, at work right is that legal i guess it's legal Oof. no he was working on seems, old standards seems crazy sketchy he was working on old standards <laughs> and um yeah it was super weird and then he wrote this super passive aggressive letter okay to my to my endocrinologist. Okay. I don't really talk about this, so sorry
it's yeah. when it's when doctors hundred 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 percent. I hope yep. that I hope that people can at least identify with this on a, on on some level where there is somebody withholding something from you until you do something, some sort of gatekeeping that that not only do something but do something that they've decided in their antiquated right way that's never been challenged before is the right way to like you know right, what I mean right. like ugh, so he yeah. so he basically says you have to come out at work then I wow. then I came out at work then I was like hey you go to Intonot first yeah yeah okay it, well no we don't have to talk about it if you don't want to yeah yeah, yeah. okay um, we, I mean we, we we can talk about that actually yeah. but but let me just get this yeah, sure, part out of sure, the way sure, first. Sure. So, so uh, I come out at work, mm-hmm. and I say, "Hey, I came out at work. Can we like do this now?" And he's like, Ugh. "And so he writes his, <laughs> he writes his letter. It's super passive aggressive. It doesn't even say the right standard. So like yeah. you know the the DSM or whatever, sure, um, sure, sure, as well as like different uh, World Health standards. He's like using like three editions ago wording and diagnostic like he used the wrong wording in it actually and it was super passive aggressive and it said well i don't i don't think that this is even possible because you know uh they have to be a german citizen and and how could this this possibly work with an american in germany and like just this giant passive aggressive thing and then i gave it to the endocrinologist thinking like she's not gonna take this and she was like laughing she's like whatever she's like she's like you're fine amazing <laughs> so she was definitely on my side and she's sure. she's been super nice um and she's been with you through the whole process yeah yeah amazing yeah. amazing um and she's super cool like i check in once a year or something like that cool um, but yeah like my my levels are like more stable than than anybody actually because i i monitor them Okay. Um, but I just go back like every six months or a year or something like that. It's no big deal. Wow. Um, that's actually, everything about this is like people, people blow up the stuff about medical stuff. It's super, sure. it's, it's not that expensive and it's not that hard and it's not that complicated. And I don't know. Well, there's from, this fascination with it right now. The, the only, only I, I would say, I would say, yes, of course, there's a fascination because anything that, it's, it's so funny too. It's like, it's like, it's like when we pretend, like, like when the world pretends that, like, oh, people have only been thinking, people have only been thinking they were misgendered for the last ten years, and it's like, no, nah, <laughs> look at a history book. Yeah, but more than that, because indigenous than, cultures have had a history of this forever. Yeah, of course. I am curious, and you do not have to talk about this. Absolutely not. We can talk about whatever. You can how, just decide if your your audience wants to. Oh, wants to yeah, hear of it course, or not. of course. How how if at all has it affected singing? It hasn't. Yeah. It's made it's made my singing more free, because emotionally. Because of emo- emotional psychological stuff. Yeah. Um. Well, I would I wouldn't say that. Um. Speaking a little bit higher on my voice daily um makes the top more comfortable, but. <laughs> oh, awesome. That's a good. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a bad. Thing. <laughs> but um. But I only speak, I, I speak low enough that I don't lose any notes on the bottom. So I never want to yeah. lose my low F. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. that's sort of like my rule. Anything lower than that, like whatever. But, Dude. 
honestly, like, like look, I'm thinking like A flat, like anything lower. Like I'm not trying to go below the staff anymore. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, if if I if I still want to be able to do bass baritone stuff, I better have an F. Yeah, you gotta have. You gotta have an F. But I mean, I just rolled my eyes if you didn't see that. Yeah, you got guess. Sure. But uh, in what Giovanni has a G, I think, on the bottom. Mm-hmm. And Votan has an F on the bottom. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So, but it hasn't affected. But no, that way at all. No, and you know the the thing is, is I've been recording my my voice lessons for the last twenty years. Yeah, and you know it started on mini disc or whatever I was recording on back then. But like, <laughs> right, 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 right. But I've been recording myself this this entire time. Um, and so I can I can play recordings from 15 years ago of and course. play them now, and you can you can tell me like now is better. I know this. Uh, that's the whole thing is I've had to be objective about everything. And if it was getting worse, then fine. And and but you would have if it was getting worse, then of course you would have answered that question for yourself. Yeah. If it happened. And look, my my me coming out was way more important than my career. I had to make that decision. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I literally had to make that decision. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, the doctor's like, you can't transition unless you come out at work. All right, which is more important? Oh. So I said, me coming out is more important, and let's see what happens with a career. It's incredible. And my goal at that point was to be out, to have a career longer out than in. Than you had in, yeah. And I have... This this year, I, I surpassed that. Congratulations. That's Thank amazing. You. That is amazing. And, you know, it, identities will not open the door. Sure. For, for your mainstream career. Mm-hmm. It won't. Mm-mm. But I hope that it doesn't close doors. And that's my goal. It's beautifully not cool. not yeah. for not for specifically trans people but for for uh, for anybody yeah. yeah and it's not that you should uh do diversity at the detriment of quality sure you have to have the quality if you don't have the quality then yeah you, you shouldn't be hired yeah if there's somebody better than somebody better should do it yeah, yeah. but it also shouldn't close the door. Yeah, there was exactly. A, there was a study in the 70s or 80s, and they started doing the, the blind auditions for orchestras. Mm-hmm. You know what happened? The orchestras got more diverse. They got, they got more color. <laughs> Who knew? And yeah, more women. Yeah, 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 more women. Yeah. Yeah, it, be- it became yeah. more diverse. Why? Because people were just listening for yeah. quality. It has to be, it has to be merit. I know I had um, this horrible i won't even say i would never say who the clinician was but there was a clinician once who was uh doing this clinician with a uh african-american singer Mm -hmm. a friend of mine who had no roots in gospel had no roots in any of that at all like no roots of it and he like missed a note and went straight tone and like got weird Mm mm-hmm Happens. <laughs> happened to me yesterday. He missed the note, got tone, straight tone, went weird. And he, the clinician stopped him, you know, the white dude clinician, and said, oh, there you go with that gospel singing. Like, there you go. And it was just like, bro, like, he did, like what are you doing right now? Like, he has no roots in that. And just because, So I think, like, 
like if I had done that, he would have just fixed my note because I missed. Like he'd have been like, no, you need to resonate. Exactly. No, you need to turn. So, no, you need to whatever. Yeah, or give up singing or whatever. Like whatever he would have said. But like it was a it was a real defining moment for me where I was like. And and, and 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 my friend just had to just sort of sit there and take it and not say anything. Yeah. And I know my friend's background, and he like, like even if you don't know the background, it's just like such a. And so it's like those kind of things where like, if someone misses, you ascribe it, you immediately uh, a bad person will immediately ascribe it to whatever reason, right? And 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 that's what I think is like just so gnarly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, there's this thing called broken arm syndrome. Okay. And it's, I mean, specifically talking about trans people, it's like, oh yeah, you know, they broke their arm. Well, yeah. Well, does it does it have to do with like maybe because your body is using hormones in a different way, and then like your bones aren't strong enough, and no, 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 no. It's like, yeah. what? <laughs> like, like everything comes back to that. It's like yeah. no, and that's that's why in, in any I just broke my arm, bro. Yeah, like <laughs> no, nah, this broke. this thing happened and it sucks, and my arm's broke. Can we just fix the arm? Like, can we right. just do that? Right, 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 right. We don't right, have right. to like bring it all back to this. Yeah. But sometimes people just I don't know if it's uncomfortability with with different groups or or they just think that. It must be about this or whatever. Yeah. Like it, it must be about it this thing. It must be about this thing. It must be. Well, because I think, be. of, I think, I think there are people out there. If if I may speak specifically about your Giovanni and Tulsa, mm-hmm. like there are people out there who would cut, who would cut someone's throat for that gig. It's a great gig. Yeah. And so when you see that, the bitter people, they're they have they have their first things. And so I think the bad part about this. And what makes them so blind to it is they're just using they're just using that they're just using your it could be oh well they're not that good but they want opera or oh they're not that and they just throw they just throw like oh well she obviously she got that because she's trans like it's just like that weird thing where they because of their insecurity because their career is not going well because they're overwhelmed because they're agitated because they. You know, whatever reason, reason they're not having success, they like use that in the most vicious and maniacal way, and that's what I just like can't handle and don't understand. Um, I really, really, really don't get that part of it. Yeah, yeah, it's so vicious. Yeah, um, look, if you're better than me, fine, yeah. But I didn't cast it. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. 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 Like I would cast if I, if I were casting, I'd cast myself in every show that there right? ever was on the planet ever. Right. But like I didn't cast it. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. But the thing is, is like you and I have what ninety eight percent overlap in roles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Like we probably could do every single. Thing. Yeah, would it sound? I know that I could sing forward, but I would try. Oh, you really could sing hard. forward. You could sing that forward. G is hard. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, you were saying. So we have ninety-eight percent, ninety-nine percent, ninety-nine point nine 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 nine. Okay, a hundred percent overlap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically. We definitely could do all the same things. I'm good on Orpheus in the Underworld, but like you can have all those. <laughs> 
I will send all those to you. But I mean, the, yeah. the thing is, is like you can just think about singers that you like. Let's talk about singers that are gone, singers yeah. that have retired or are no longer with us. Yeah. And can you think of two singers that have an overlap that you like them both? Yeah, of course. Right. Yeah. You'd love to hear them do even yeah. the same role, but you know it's not going to sound the same. Yeah, I would love to hear Hans Hodder and George London both sing Dutchman. Right? Yeah. But they're not or gonna... Leonard Warren and uh, Robert Merrill both right. sing whatever. But they're not yeah. going to sound the same. And you know, mm-hmm. uh, Hans Hodder at, at 27 did an amazing Dutchman. Yeah. Um, but, you know, George London at 27, like, he wasn't doing Dutchmans right. at right. that time. Right, 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 right. Like, yeah, or like even rep that nobody nobody sang. Like, oh, I'd love to hear them do some Russian rap or something like that. But they yeah. never did that because right. whatever. Right. Um, there is enough work. If you think that somebody else took your job, you're wrong. There's enough work. <laughs> I agree. There is enough work. If you yep. want to specifically point to Tulsa and say, well, I should have gotten that Don Giovanni. Look, there are lots of Giovannis. There was a Giovanni going on at HGO. There was uh, a Giovanni going on somewhere else. There were like, yeah, how yeah. many Giovannis in the world were happening in at April and May? Yep. I, I, would, there, I would venture a hundred. Yeah. More than one. Yeah. Probably more than 10. Yeah. In, in Germany, how many Zauberflutes are done every yeah. single day? Yeah. Yep. Like at least one in Germany every single day. At least. If there is only one singer for a certain voice type in the entire world, you can't program a piece right. for them. Right. They have to be replaceable. Yeah. Think about that. You need other people. Like, yeah. let's, say, let's say if there's this crazy new piece mm-hmm. and, and only I can sing it. Well, it's too dangerous. Yeah, of course. Like, you need other people. And this is the, my, first, my first professional gig that, was, like, I was still a student, but my first professional gig came to me because I said to one of my friends, congratulations on the, the opera Santa Barbara young artist thing. Mm-hmm. And he said, um, yeah, I'm actually doing something else, but thanks. And then, like, two seconds later, he said, oh, my God, you should sing for him. Wow. He made the call. Then a week later, I was doing that gig that I congratulated him on. Amazing. I've gotten more work from people of my my voice Fach. category, yeah, my yeah. Fach, than anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So be nice to your colleagues. Be nice to that person who got it because niceness, uh, kindness breeds kindness. Yeah. And... Yeah. And if you think that somebody took your spot and whatever, like, right. no. It's such, a, it's such an asinine thought, isn't it? Yeah. It's so wild. And, and you know, if somebody, I was auditioning for uh, opera the first year that I got to, to Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get cast, or I got cast like a tiny little bit part in, in a Minotti opera or something like that. Okay. And I was, I was like, oh my gosh, there, there's, there's only two people, including me, that should be able to sing this role. Because it was supposed to be like a heavier uh, bass baritone thing. Mm-hmm. And they gave it to a light lyric baritone. And then mm-hmm. the other person who I thought was probably going to get it. But I didn't get it. And right. I was like, well, like, why am I here? What's going on? Right. And then I... 
I looked for other opportunities. And that ended up us doing Lucretia in a church on the outskirts of Chicago, like in Wrigleyville. Yeah. And I learned way more from doing, doing Lucretia than I would have learned in school. Wow. And then later on, I did a Marcello with that same group. And then when I was at the, the Staatstheater here, mm-hmm. um, they said we're doing Bohem, and I was like, I've already done Marcello. Amazing. And that's the, that's the only reason why I got that is because I already did it. Yeah, yeah. Like, sure, sure, sure. Did sure, they sure. know that we did it at a church for 10 people? Nope. No, it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Did it. Did it. Then the next time, did it for 1,000 people. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. So if you, if you think that you're not being cast, make your own opportunities. Do mm-hmm. every single opportunity that you can afford to do. Right. Right. That's a sliding scale, depending on your. It's a loaded. That's it's a, a loaded statement, loaded thing, but it's but, absolutely. But you should I agree. do every yeah. single opportunity that you can afford to do. If it's going to mm-hmm. completely wreck you financially, obviously you can't do it. If you can't afford the time, then you can't afford the time. Right. Right. So, but if you do every single little thing that you can do, you can grind it out. Like, that's what I did with this career. I had luck at certain points, and being able to do Opera Foundation was. Absolutely, one of those sure. huge, of course, pivotal, pivotal things. But you can grind it out if you want but, to grind it out. But that's, but that's a great, great point, point too. As 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 we sort of close up, because we're already at an hour and a half. But time goes so fast during <laughs> these things. But um, it's a great point too, where it's it's easy to look at someone and see the, like and, and and think, oh, they got all the breaks, all the breaks. Largely in this career, especially with the people that I've talked to on this podcast, they got one. Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 if you really scratch to the very bottom, 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 bottom of the service, they got one. For me, I got one. The rest of them came after that. After that one, yeah, I got one singing thing where I sing in front of the right people at the right time, and that bred all the other opportunities. Now, other people may be different, but like that—that's what I think is true. Like your opera foundation, sure, you got the break of going to the the places in Chicago, and you got the break of meeting. Scott Gilmore and, and all of that yeah. stuff, but that but was like, also ground out. You know, I started sure. out. I, exactly. I I was definitely not the chosen one coming mm-hmm. into my my master's program. Yep. But yep. by the end of those two years, I was chosen to go into the artist diploma program. Right. Um, with Chicago Opera Theater. So like, I ground that out. Like, yep. yeah, it's an opportunity, of course. Yep. But not like the Opera Foundation. That was like. But Whoa. you treated it, the, the end idea is that you treated it, you, the difference between one break or many is that you can look back on it and be like, oh, that was the big moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you have to treat every break, every opportunity oh, like course, it is the big one. You know what I mean? Like, like that's, that's all the things that led to the thing. Yeah, luck is, yeah. Luck is when preparedness meets opportunity. Opportunity. And yep. Yeah, it was a huge opportunity. Um, I, I mean, it was lucky, but I also went into that audition and sang the end of, of Rheingold, Wotan, yeah. and I had been coaching that, and here's this German casting director going, yeah, we could put that on our stage. Yeah. yeah. And I sang the I sang Kleine Wotan and the, the Kleine Ring for, for a kinder concert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, in the foyer of Deutsche Oper that next, that next season. So that obviously like had a very direct thing but yeah that was my huge thing and then you know i've still had to grind it out yeah of course here Mm -hmm. in germany you know and i i do 
as many auditions as I possibly can do. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, thank, thank you for coming on. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you for your <laughs> candidness and walking me through all of that because um, I am I'm as educated on it as I can be uh, with the trans situation and with uh, your story. And I'm I'm closer to your story because we're friends. Um, but you know, sort of, it's one of those things where. I don't know how you feel about being sort of a champion for it or sort of being the the person that everybody looks up to, but um, you're, it is incredibly courageous and brave, whether you want it to be or not, I think that it is, uh, that you are that you are willing to, to sort of take that panel because it's just going to make someone, even if it's tomorrow or it's 10 years down the road, it's going to make someone else's path easier. Um, and for that, I, 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 not even easier, less fucked up. And I appreciate that. And I'm sure they do too. Um, it might be my daughters, you know, and, but you are, you are paving that path in that way. And, and that's really awesome. And I admire the fuck out of it. I'm, I'm really stubborn. Sometimes I wouldn't, I wouldn't say brave. I'd just say stubborn. And there, you know, there was no chance for me to be a a stealth female baritone. Sure. So, you know, why not live as openly as possible? And if it helps somebody, then great. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming by. Thank you.